Welcome to Terminal Transmissions. Here we go again. I know you've just been waiting all week for a new episode. Episode 7. We did it. Yeah. The milestone. Yeah. Episode 7. That was it. We knew going in, if we can just make it to episode 7, <laughs> we can keep it rolling along. Um, we have a little bit of news. Not quite as good as we're cussing. I know that was our biggest news so far. We're actually not going to be doing a Kickstarter segment anymore. Um, ever again. Anymore. Or ever again. Uh, I'm a Texas man. And uh, no. 600 pounds of men doing this podcast. A plump Scotch girl. (laughs) Um, Every week when we were researching what we wanted to talk about, it had been a struggle to find interesting things to talk about on Kickstarter. And sometimes they just happen. Sometimes you find a cool thing and you talk about it and it's exciting. But for the majority of the time, it was a struggle. We'd have to like spend an hour, you know, wading through the millions of things on Kickstarter to find one cool thing to talk about. And then it wasn't really something that... A lot of times that we were just talking about it because we had to find something, not because yeah. it was interesting to us. Well, and, and on top of that, it's it's probably the hardest thing to just riff on, where you're right. just like, "This is a product that I've seen basically a commercial for. Let me talk about it for 15 minutes." Yeah. And it's it's a lot harder to be enthusiastic about something like that versus like a movie. Right. Every once in a while, just a, a godsend golden gem from heaven comes falling down, where some you know it's a tortilla machine. <laughs> And we, I mean, everyone loves fresh tortillas. Everyone knows that. But um, yeah, for the most part, it was, it wasn't something that we were super enjoying and it was, right. you know, kind of an extra, extra struggle for us. And this way it just gives us more time to talk about the shit we do care about. Right. Which is, you know, Game of Thrones, movies, video games. Mm-hmm. So no more Kickstarter. Yeah. Sorry guys. If you were really pumped up about the Kickstarter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The one guy who was excited about Kickstarter is not going to listen anymore. Sorry, yeah. man. Well, anyway, let's jump right into Game of Thrones. Which jump of course, right in. Here's the, here's the obligatory spoiler alert. We're going to discuss a little bit of stuff that happens in the books that didn't happen in the show, too, just to let you know if you're new to this. Double spoilers. So, for the most part, just the, just the show stuff. Also, let's mention again, Episode 7, Game of Thrones. Happens to coincide yeah, with our... Yeah, they made it. <laughs> I was really worried about that. Yeah. All right, Game of Thrones. I'm, I'm so glad that you were able to pull through and get to episode seven. Otherwise, the season just ends early. Oh, and which couldn't happen because it's like the best season yet. It really, objectively, is the best season of the show so far. Every episode of this of this season has been phenomenal. Yep. I'll also jump into that of that they just jumped into it and they did. I think maybe the first cold open of any Game of Thrones. I think season. so. I think that was the first cold open they've ever had. It was so unprecedented for Game of Thrones that it like freaked me out. For we a talked about it yeah. because I was like showing you something on my phone <laughs> yeah. and then the show just started because I thought that the credits or the, the opening scene, yeah. like the, the song was going right. to play and it didn't. Yeah. And we were like, what's happening? Where's the song? Yeah. What happened? What happened here? Yeah. We both thought that we missed something. Yeah. That it was somehow we had just been playing on our phones and missed and missed the intro because I'm always pumped up about the intro. Because I'm always so excited to see a new place appear. Oh yeah, he map. always wants to see River Run, which we did finally. <laughs> yeah, we finally got to see River Run. I was I was so excited because it's really neat to see. You know, 
having read the books and you see how the castles are described, but you don't really get to see it. Yeah, I, I want to see how they portray it in the show. And what's what's really cool about that is you get to see a really cool like 3D breakdown of, of each castle and some of them don't look at all like I imagined and some of them don't look at all like they're described in the books. Looking at you, eerie. But <laughs> but uh, River Run was really cool looking. And in, in both the opening and in the show, I, I love the little trout carved wooden things yeah, yeah, yeah. outside of the doors. Uh, also, jumping, jumping around to another geographical location, Bear Island looked fucking incredible. Yeah, it was gorgeous with the little waterfalls and like the shapes of the yeah. of the actual castles was yeah. really cool. It looked like something out of Switzerland, like a like a travel brochure for Switzerland. Right. <laughs> I was like, "What is this magical land that you took us to?" And then they went inside, and I saw the I saw the bear banners, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, I saw an article earlier that the person said. And then we went to Bear Island, which sounds like a place that a kid made up. Coincidentally, <laughs> it's literally run by a kid. <laughs> and she was awesome. Yeah. She was really, She was really MVP cool. of, like, the series. Yeah. And, and I, I want to see more of her. Yeah. Uh, also, touching on that, Davos just being awesome with every kid ever. Yep. He has kid powers. Can yeah. you say that? <laughs> as long as you don't get too oddly specific. Right. So, also, jumping back in chronology to the, to the actual episode, The Hound is back. Yeah, which is, which is really really cool because he's one of my favorite characters in the show. I I, I called it from the things that Ian McShane had said uh, before the season even aired. That's who I thought he was going to portray from from what he'd said, which I, it wasn't too huge of a you know prescient leap there. Right, but it was awesome. He absolutely killed it. Spoiler alert: I'm I'm really bummed out that he was only in one episode of the show, but I'd kind of thought that that would be the case. I didn't necessarily think he was going to die, but I figured that the hound was going to leave. Right. Um, but of course he was incredible for the three scenes that he was in. Yeah. Just absolutely amazing. I feel like the hound is about to kill a whole mess of people with an ax. Yeah. He's about to go kill all those brotherhood <laughs> without banners dudes. They're about to get told no. Yeah. So, so let's, I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Well, so, real quick, I wanted to say something. Mm-hmm. I didn't say this out loud when we were watching it cause I didn't want to interrupt the show more right. after the, uh, opening credits snafu. Right. But when we saw it, when the shot panned back and we saw those first two groups mm-hmm. of people carrying logs, I almost said out loud, Oh, we're about to see the hound carrying a log by himself. Really? Yeah. Like I thought it, I almost said it and I was like, no, don't interrupt the show again. That's awesome. And then it was the next, like two seconds later, <laughs> it was the hound carrying yeah. a log by himself. Yeah. It was rad. So we haven't seen the brotherhood without banners in a very long time. Multiple, multiple seasons. I believe I think two seasons. So that sounds right. So yeah, the last time that we saw them, Arya was still traveling like alone. Right. So they seem like they've changed a hell of a lot from the last time we saw them. Yeah, definitely. That was a weird thing. Yeah, like last time that we saw the Brotherhood without banners, they were still kind of good guys. I mean, and for the most part, they were good guys. Right. They were fully villains now. Yeah. So I don't know what that entails. If they are going to do book spoilers, people. Uh, the Lady Stoneheart thing. Oh, that would be so cool. Yeah, so... Actually, at this point, maybe wait for next season. Okay. Because okay. we don't need any more yeah, characters yeah. to come back to life <laughs> yeah. this season. Yeah. Uh, it would be cool to show her. Uh, it's a really cool part of the book. Right. So, again, sorry if I'm spoiling this for mm-hmm. anyone. But in the books, uh, so Beric Dondarrion, he was the leader of the Brotherhood Without Banners. And he was the guy that had been brought back to life multiple times by Thoros of Mir. In the books... He, they find the body of Catelyn Stark and he does the gift of life on her and it goes out of him and it brings her back to life. Right. 
and she becomes the new leader of the Brotherhood Without Banners, and she's called Lady Stoneheart. And she just kills everybody. Yeah, she just starts killing Freys and Lannister men like willy-nilly. Which is the coolest thing, and should be in the show. Uh, yeah, that's what I want to see. But again, I don't need any characters coming back to life this season, <laughs> yeah. or it's, it's yeah. going to start to seem really shticky. Yeah. So they would make kind of sense if Beric Dondarrion is no longer the leader and they have like a heartless monster as a leader in Catelyn Stark. It would kind of make sense a little bit, I think. Right. For the Brotherhood Without Banners to basically be bad guys now. That's the only way that I can see that going because I I just they were, you know, like Robin Hood, basically. They were kind of like like Robin Hood and his merry men before. They were still doing evil things, but for like. The sake of the good of the land, yeah. essentially. So it's going to be very, very odd if they don't address that. And hopefully it is, and I'm sure it will be, while they're probably getting killed by an axe. So <laughs> there's definitely no way that the Hound's not about to kill like 40 yeah. dudes. I'm also, I'm also like really excited to see him wielding like a wood axe. Because yeah. like when we say the Hound killing someone with an axe... Don't picture like a battle axe. Yeah, he's l- using like a literal like wood splitting axe. Yeah, like a like a long a long half hatchet. Yeah, <laughs> he's I'm, gonna get somebody. Yeah, and it's gonna be awesome. Jumping over to the other side of the world, uh, Arya was. So this is a weird too. So Arya, first and foremost, is just a huge huge departure of how she had been in the previous episode, where it shows her being like sneaky and being very careful, and she goes to sleep in some weird dark place, and she has needle out, and she's all. Pro- Prepared. Next time we see her, she's kind of like strutting almost through Bravos, just tosses like a bag of money and then a second bag of money at some merchant guy. And she's just really not acting like Arya to me. And so it, it seemed very strange right then. But then the waif comes up and like prison shanks her a few times. She hops off a bridge into the water and then it shows her escaping and, and not knowing where to go and being scared and wet and alone and, and dying. I, I, I just have, I feel like this has to be some trick and maybe it's not, maybe they're playing it straight and maybe it is just Aria and she's going to go to the, the theater lady, which is like the only other person she knows in Bravos. But I just, that seems so strange to me. It just didn't seem like her even. It just seemed like such a strange, crazy difference that I, I just don't, I don't see it going like that. I don't know. I get it. But I see it as more in line with her character throughout the whole series than just the one episode that you're talking about. Because she's always been kind of like brash and like she's had swagger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I like any any time that she catches a wind of confidence, she just goes full like yeah, sw- like swinging dick. Honestly. Yeah. It's just it's just so odd to me that when you're being, she had to have known that she was going to be like hunted by a death cult assassin. Right or assassins. And it just seems so strange that she was just with such bravado. I don't know. We'll we'll see, but I would I would hope that there was something else there, but I have no idea what it could possibly be. I'm also hoping that there's more of the faceless man. I don't know. I just really like that actor. Yeah, yeah, no. He he's great. I don't know. I I I definitely see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, I think that if it is a trick, it would be even weirder. Yeah. Like, if the trick is she's not really stabbed, then (laughs) that makes more sense than, like, oh, she, like, put her face on someone else and they just got stabbed. Yeah. That's weirder to me. (laughs) Like, that uh, that would actually, like, frustrate me. Yeah, I guess. Like, oh, it's just, like, some random person and they, like, showed her, like, walking through this city, like, bleeding, but she just has Arya's face on and doesn't know. Yeah. No, that's, that's what I'm most excited about for the next episode. I'm, I'm like antsy about it. I want to see, I want to see what exactly goes down with that. The blackfish was incredible. Oh yeah. He, he just like, didn't care at all. He just called the fray guys bluff immediately. Oh yeah. Just like, I don't know. Slit his throat. Yep. 
And and I feel like he he actually wouldn't care. Right, right, right. Like I mean, obviously he would care. Like that's his nephew and everything, but. He cares a hell of a lot more about River Run than he does about you know the current Lord dying. He was he was incredible. His his dialogue with with Jamie was awesome. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I I can't wait to see that unfold. And then Marjorie, which I absolutely loved. This it showed that Marjorie isn't actually right, like fully brainwashed by by the by the church, which is good because that was really disappointing to me because she's yeah. one of my favorite characters. Yeah, absolutely. And Mainly just because I'm like in love with Natalie Dormer, <laughs> but also because she's a great character. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what I was hoping is that from the beginning, Marjorie had been very crafty and, and, you know, very manipulative, way, way better about it than than Cersei. And so I had been really bummed that it had been like, oh, suddenly she's just turned over a new leaf. Right. And she's been brainwashed. And I was really kind of bummed about that. And I really was hoping that she was just like doing a trick. And then it revealed that she totally is, and I cannot wait to see how that unfolds. Yeah, I'm fired up about it. Because I feel like she's just about to be pulling moves on the High Sparrow, and it's oh, yeah. about to be incredible. I, I want to see her start manipulating him. Yeah. And that's going to be awesome. Because uh, she hasn't really shown like the Lady Elena levels of like manipulation yet, yeah. but it would be cool if we get to see that develop. And again, Lady Elena was there. Talking noise, yeah. making Cersei feel bad. Yeah, making me feel bad for Cersei for oh, like yeah. a second. I hate Cersei. What did she says. say? Uh, you've lost, and that's the only joy I can find in this, or <laughs> yeah. something like that. Yeah, she's just <laughs> like she's like just ripped everything about her. Oh yeah, out of her. It's just like oh my god. Well, I wonder Elena. if you're the most horrible person I know. <laughs> yeah, there's like just incredible. I, uh, I I love that actress and and she's she's been fantastic. She's one of my favorite characters in the books. And I, I was saying this during the episode. I actually think that that character was one of the best adaptations from the books uh, of any character from the books directly to the show. She's like the same person, whereas right. almost everyone else is a little different. They come across a little bit differently, especially like Jamie. Like Jamie feels completely different in the books by this point. In the beginning, they got him like exact, and then as as his character grew and kind of departed, the show never really got that. I right, feel. it got him a, a little bit, but I don't know. Braun was back. Yeah, Braun was back. He was talking shit uh, as you do. Yeah, oh yeah. I I love that Braun is not a knight. He's just a, he's just like a soldier, just like a mercenary. Yep. He actually called himself a sellsword in that episode, which I thought was great. Yeah, and he he was he like knew more about assaulting a castle than these knights did, and yep. I absolutely loved that because it's it's totally true, and it's been something from the beginning. When you first met Bronn, and he was talking to Tyrion, and they said that the the Eyrie was impregnable, and he's like, oh, like like give me give me some like yeah, he's like, like nothing's impregnable. Yeah, That's not real. Yeah, he's like give me some grappling hooks, and and I'll I'll fucking impregnate the bitch. I think is what he says. And like back in like season like one or two, what else happened? Oh, Theon, Theon and his sister had an incredible scene. Yes, we got to see oh. maybe a little bit of a change in Theon, like a little fire in his eyes, yeah. which is great. She made him swer- get swerved off, and he yeah, looked yeah. like he was coming back. I hope so, and it would be really cool. That's that's cooler than any kind of thing that I'd envisioned. I, I didn't expect anything like that. I, I was I was certain at this point that he was just going to die as some version of Reek. Yeah, me too. 
And that's and that's why I kept saying like I wanted some kind of redemption in him, but they're taking him on another kind of redemption where they're just bringing him full circle. And I'm gonna love that if that if that really pans out in a really cool way. I'm absolutely gonna love that because Theon is such a cool character in that he has he's gone through so much stuff, and it would be cool to see him. Yeah, I feel like the eventuality is that Yara will start to bring him back, and then eventually she'll die, and that'll be like the final push that he needs to stop being. Yeah, the, the Theon that he is now, and like right. actually become a useful player in the in the Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's what I think will happen. But yeah. again, that's just wild two seasons away, Danny conjecture. Yeah, because that's that's one of the storylines that's most diverged from the books because that none of that happens. So yeah, they've they've taken Victorion's storyline right from the books and they've given it given it to them. Yeah, they've kind of taken his storyline and kind of just cut it up and given different pieces to different people. (laughs) Yeah, it's basically all there. Right. It's just everyone. Yeah. Like, I still still like your idea that maybe... um, Like the Red Priestess? Well, like that Jorah might get a part of his storyline. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I want that to happen so badly. Man, what what else happened? Well, first of all, with that scene uh, with Yara and Theon, Uh where (laughs) she said, I'm going to go fuck the tits off this one. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, okay, get it. Yeah, get it. Uh, Yeah, do what you do. Such Uh, a good line. Especially after just such a serious scene of like her interacting with Theon and like trying to bring him back from the brink of basically just being useless. Right. And then to just bust that line out. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It it was a really powerful scene and and it was really cool that they threw that that like tidbit of comedy that also like did some character development with, with Yara. So it was awesome. Yeah. Everything I, because she really wasn't utilized almost at all until now. And she's, she's not a huge player in the books, but she had more stuff going on in the books. And so I love that they're actually utilizing her because I maybe, think her character's rad. Maybe she'll marry Daenerys now. Yeah. Get it. Yeah, make it happen. And then the only other thing that I think that I, I remember happening was that at the very end, they're talking about the North is talking about not having enough men. And so Sansa wrote a letter to someone <sighs> Um, I knew it. I told yeah. you. I called. I called it last episode. That, that letter better be going to the Manderleys. Is all I'm saying. Oh no, it's not. I, I know. Yeah, I know. Some people like blew up the letters and like read it. Oh really? Oh yeah. You could actually. Okay, cool. I thought that they purposely like obscured it. No, no, no. Some people like flipped it and like blew it up and like read it and it's legitimately just straight to Littlefinger. Oh man. It says something like, "Hey, like we need your soldiers, and I'll like make sure you're rewarded if you help us." Something along. I don't. I don't. It's. I'm paraphrasing. I hope hard. that reward is you just get killed. I. I really, really hope that she's tricking him and like yeah. trying to use him and like like manipulate him. But that's such a bad idea. I know. Yeah, that's absolutely a bad idea. He is the number one most manipulative character in the yeah. show, and Varys exists. Yeah. Yeah. Real. I'm just more than anything. I'm bummed out because they're they're a very small part of the books. But House Manderley of, of White Harbor is of the North, and they're one of the most powerful houses in the North. There's like five cities in Westeros, and one of them is White Harbor, and they control it. And it's so cool. And there's, again, it diverged, but there's this whole part in the books where Davos goes there to try to try to get help for Stannis. And you get to meet the Manderleys, and right. it's fucking rad. If only they had been like eight. <laughs> he could have talked them into it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm, I'm really bummed out that they even said it twice now, in the, uh, at least in this in this season, that they're like, and the Manderleys. I'm like, then where the fuck are they? Why aren't you like at least sending a letter to the Manderleys? You don't have to go there in person. Just send them a letter and be like, hey, Manderleys, you're super rich and have a, have an army. Right. We need you. They were like, we're going to go to Bear Island and that's it. 
Cherry's no, Jubilee. No, they went somewhere else. Yeah, they they went to they went to uh, the Glovers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That That's was actually deep, a good scene too. Yeah, Deepwood Mott. In the books, they're actually not lords. They're actually landed knights. Uh, I believe that their castle belongs to the Starks. Right. So they really wouldn't. Well, then now it would belong to the Boltons. But yeah. I actually really like that scene. Yeah, that that was that was rad. Um, oh, there was one other good scene, where what? Tormund spoke to the wildlings oh, yeah. and convinced them to yeah. to go with John. I totally forgot about that, and yeah. that was that was a really 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 good scene. That was really powerful dialogue. Yeah, that was like some of the most powerful dialogue we've seen in Tormund the show. Tormund is so cool. Yeah, they really need to utilize him more. Yeah. I feel. Do you remember like two seasons ago when that actor shaved his beard and like people thought he was going to be killed from the show, and I was like terrified. I don't remember that. Yeah, that was like a thing. Or like he either shaved or like announced that he was going to shave as like a troll. I don't ex- I don't specifically remember what happened. Yeah, but uh, he's great and he's he's developed so much at this point. Yeah, but yeah, that scene was awesome. Yeah, absolutely cool. So it's cool to see that they do have, even though there's only a small force left, they 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 did pledge the wildlings to yeah. John, which is really really awesome. And I can't wait to see the inevitable the inevitable battle, which. Will probably be I don't know next next app or, or the one after that. We have three left. Okay, uh, and supposedly the last one's going to be extra long. Oh really? Yeah, it's like seventy minutes. Oh wow! So we get like an extra 10, 12 minutes, something like that. Okay. Yeah. So hopefully their battle goes a little bit better than Stannis's did. Oof. <laughs> he just got told no. Brienne clove him. <laughs> he had to smoke a clove cigarette yeah, about he it. He got cloven hoof. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Game of Thrones episode was awesome. Like the last like five have been just in, absolutely incredible. Yep. I hope this keeps up. I, I hope that just every episode from now on is just absolutely incredible. It's true. Maybe maybe them going like being able to diverge so much now is helping that. I I think that might be the case. Yeah. Because they're, because they're, as yeah. we know, George R. R. Martin is not the best author in the world. <laughs> objectively, contrary to Time Magazine <laughs> reports. But yeah, so I think that just, you know, having his world and his characters and his, you know, mythos and lore is great. And then just being able to build whatever you want out of that yeah. might be easier than trying to use what he's already created yeah. while still making it different and following those subtle changes that you've made. Yeah. Now they can just do whatever they fucking want. Yeah. And it's working out. Honestly, again, like when we say this season is the best season yet, like obviously it's subjective, but we're not being hyperbolic. Like, yeah. Both of us genuinely believe that this is the best season of the show. Yeah, and I love the show, and there, I love the, I love the books. Like, there hasn't been like a see, a single episode of this season that I didn't like. Yeah, and I, and I think it helps that you know adapting a book to to TV or to film is very 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 hard. And what works really well in books doesn't always work really well in television or film. And so yeah, I, th- I think that that also has contributed tremendously. That you know some some parts of the books are absolutely incredible, and then you see them in the TV show and it's like, Oh, okay. Like it's like a footnote. Right. And vice versa. There's, there's like tiny, tiny little parts of the, in the book that I barely remembered at all. And then the show, I'm like, Whoa, this is fucking rad. Cool. So we are going to start talking about preacher weekly, like we yeah. do game of Thrones. Um, the only reason we didn't last week is because of Garrett having been out of town. He hadn't seen the, the pilot episode yet. Yeah. Um, but now episode one and two have come out. So we are going to start talking about them weekly. Yeah. yeah I'm caught up. Um, Right now, it's going to overlap, so TV is, for the most part, just going to be Game of Thrones and Preacher, unless something, you know... Yeah, something wild happens. Yeah, some news comes out, like some more American Gods casting news comes out, now that they've cast, like, every single good, like, actor and actress in the universe. But, so yeah, Preacher Episode 2 aired. Um, Spoiler alert for this, too, if you haven't seen it. We'll probably go slightly less into book spoilers for this, but there might still be some. Um, It was awesome. Yeah. So, Episode 1... 
I thought was good, but it felt very piloty. Yeah, it, did. it didn't feel like bad, but it was very obvious. Like this is a concept for a series. Yeah. Whereas episode two, which genuinely happens with series when you watch a pilot episode, it felt way stronger than the pilot. Yeah, it did. It did. Um, a lot of cool stuff happened. Yeah. So the episode started off with a flashback of uh, a character who I won't go into because yeah. it's real hardcore book spoilery. Mm-hmm. But we did see a flashback scene to the old West. Um, it was really, really well done. It was really cool, and it. Seeing it in the show perspective as opposed to the book, it was really like I can imagine people watching the show that hadn't read the book being like, What is yeah. this? Yeah. Why are we seeing this? What's yeah. happening? Um, but it was really cool. It didn't really give you anything that would develop anything if you haven't read the books, mm-hmm. but it's definitely setting up some yeah, shit. It is. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. And then we moved right on to Jesse being a preacher, <laughs> yeah. baptizing people, baptizing a whole mess of people, ba- baptizing everybody. Yeah. Baptize Eugene, our yep. space. Yeah, he got him a baptism, and then of course Tulip shows up. Yeah, and she wants a baptism, which is a bit. That's a bit. <laughs> yeah, it she does not believe in that. Um, I like that she like she was like doing a, a like a bit whilst being baptized. Oh yeah, she was being baptized, and she like had her eyes open and was like mouthing things at him. Or oh something. yeah, she was under the water, and she gave him like a ridiculous "this is bullshit" smile yeah. underwater. Yeah. <laughs> Um, which is awesome. Yeah, I loved that. Tulip's been great so far. Obviously, we're only two episodes in, yeah. but she's she's killing the game. Yeah. And then we had uh, what else happened in the episode? We had that really uncomfortable scene with uh, Jesse getting a confession from Ooh, yeah. the bus driver, yeah. who was talking about his pedophilic inclinations with a specific girl on the bus, which was creepy. Yeah. And you could you could see that Jesse was ready to not be okay with it. Um, That was actually a thing that I forgot. Tulip mentioned during the baptism scene, like you're a bad man. Like this isn't you. You're not a preacher. You're a bad man. Mm -hmm. And it's only a matter of time before the bad man comes back. Oh yeah. Uh, And then they showed that scene with Jesse speaking with that guy. And as he was like talking about it, you could see that Jesse, like he, he's, he zoned out. Yeah. Like you couldn't even hear what the pedophile guy was saying anymore. Cause you know, Jesse was like, Ooh, I'm about to just smash this dude's face in with a chair leg, (laughs) which was cool. Getting to see a little bit more character development from Jesse. Dominic, Cooper's killing it. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Back back when they first announced him as casting, I could not picture him as Jesse Custer. Like I couldn't see it. And now it's very it's not the same as how I imagine the character in the books, mm-hmm. but it still works. Yeah. He's he's a hell of a lot less like southern than I always expected. And and the, the southernness comes across a lot better from the from the actual comics. Right. And that's that's a a big departure, but it's not a detraction for me. Yeah, I wouldn't say Dominic Cooper as Jesse feels Southern to me, but I would say that Jesse from the comics feels more like country. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what I mean. Yeah. Like he definitely does a good job of coming across as a Southerner. Mm -hmm. Whereas Jesse in the comics just feels like, like a hick. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Every, everyone in the comic actually feels more hickish than they do in the show. Yeah. But it works still. Yeah. It it absolutely does. Like I said, it's not a detraction for me. That would just be the, the biggest like thing, the biggest divergence of his character from comics to, to TV adaptation would be we're, we are from Texas. So right. it's really cool to have something that is about Texas, although they're in like West Texas or Southwest Texas. I think they're in kind of like nebulous pretendous Texas. Yeah. But it's definitely like if you, if you look at it versus right, like, it's, it's dusty flatlands, yeah, which is not East Texas, right? Which we, is just wet piney woods. <laughs> yeah. And that's where we're from. So it's, it's, it's a lot different, but it's still, still very Texan. And the, and they have like, they have captured very well, the very, very small town vibe of Texas, yeah. which I absolutely love. That's something that's very integral to Preacher. And they've done very well with it. Yeah. I don't know if they're filming in Texas. I actually doubt that they are. Right. But it feels, the setting feels very Texas. Right. Like just uh, that scene when he was in the parking lot of that, like, store. Right. That yeah. just felt yeah, like yeah. a small Texas town. It yeah. looked like it to yeah, me. It absolutely did. 
<laughs> and then Cassidy is incredible. Of course. He's been like MVP the whole show. Yeah. And I feel like that's not going to stop. Yeah. He's still around. Uh, and uh, the people in the church are starting to be like, uh, who is this creep show? Why is he here? He's drinking all the communion wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We had like 12 bottles of communion wine. And now we don't have any. So that's weird. Yeah. And then we and we got to see that Jesse ha- is now figuring out accidentally uh, that he has some kind of power to command people. And so we, we finally, we got to see him do it again and then it finally clicked for him. Right. Like I'm doing something with this thing. Yeah. He commanded the, uh, the bus driver to forget about the little girl and it worked. Yeah. And um, so he went and tried to do it to the comatose girl. And, and that was the end of the episode. Yeah. So it might work. It might not. It might create some terrible, horrible monster yeah. creature. Cause she might just wake up, but have no brain yeah. and just want that scene, the first scene where he went to her house with her mom was like super good. Yeah, it was real intense yeah, uh, and had some feels, but yeah, he hit her with a monologue that was, that was fantastic. And then she was just like, don't, I don't believe in that. I don't care. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going to feed your casserole that you gave me to my dogs. Yeah. Oh, um, but it was like a, the meanest thing. Yeah. It was, a, it was an awesome someone. scene though. We're starting to see like a developing friendship between Jesse and Cass, even though they're yeah. like opposite ends of the universe from one another. Yeah. They got drunk together. Cassidy straight up told Jesse like, Oh yeah, I'm like a, like a thousand year old vampire. He's yeah. being hunted by like vampire hunters. That was so cool. And Jesse was like, ha 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 solid bit. Yeah. I love it. And then he pulled out some secret booze. <laughs> so then Jesse passes out and then the, uh, the two Englishmen show up Yeah, and they try to suss the, the creech out of him and then they try to cut it out. And then Cassidy shows up and just fucked their whole lives yeah. up. Yeah. And that was awesome. He ruined their whole dumb, stupid lives. And then they came back. Of course. they, Which is, uh, which is really cool. No, we won't go into that. Because, yeah, again, yeah. that's that's book stuff. But, yeah, they do show back up at the end of the episode. Mint condition. He cuts them up with a chainsaw and buries them. And, and then, then they're, they're just back. hanging out at the end of the episode. Yeah. What else really cool happened? We got to see Odin, finally. Yeah. So, Odin Quinn Cannon is probably the nastiest villain in Preacher. Like, he's just a disgusting monster. Uh, and they cast uh, Jackie Earl Haley which is perfect casting because he's fucking incredible all the time. Yeah. But honestly, even like the shape of his head and his stature (laughs) just looks like Odin in the comic books. Yeah. It's very weird. So they don't really go into his character at all in the episode. You just see him. He's got his full team. So he's like basically like a meat tycoon in in the comics. Uh, And he does, you know, he buys some land from a couple in the show and immediately demolishes their house. Like as soon as they sign the paperwork. Um, And we saw kind of his employees are terrified of him and they also are fucked up in their own ways. Right. But it was just a taste. Yeah. Cause he, so he's like a pervert and like a racist in the comics. Like he, not not even like he says racist things, but he's like literally a member of the KKK in the comics. (laughs) So I don't know how much of that we'll see in the show. Right. But he is like just an actual open KKK member and racist and like a freak and like a torturer and like a pervert uh, and book spoilers. He has like a meat fetish. Like he has like a fetish for like animal products, which is why in the show when he was talking about his procedures and like his factory and his meat, he like looked out the window and like trailed off. So he was probably feeling some type of way about it. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. But yeah. It was a great episode. So I'm really, really excited to see where that show goes. Yeah. And I wonder how much they'll stick with, because it's already diverged from yeah. the comics yeah. like severely, but it still feels like Preacher. It does. So we'll see. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I am too. I, I, I've, I've loved every minute of it so far and it's, it's capturing, you know, the spirit of it more than it is like a direct, you know, yeah, page yeah, yeah. to page adaptation. And I'm fine with that because there, I mean, there's a lot of Preacher. Right. So... I knew going into it that they wouldn't be able to get into everything and I'm fine with it. They've, they've done a fantastic job. Yeah. It's an, an incredibly entertaining show 
and it's a, a more a lot more deep than I think a lot of people would have expected. From right. It. We had that really good scene with Tulip at the whorehouse. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which yeah. Which was also awesome. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's been incredible. The the three like main characters, Cassidy, Jesse, and Tulip, have just been fantastic. And that's why they all get Funko Pops. Yeah. So some cool science stuff that's going on. I found this new technology that's being released later this year called Tapstrap. And it's a kind of weird looking but cool futuristic, it's very futuristic, glove kind of apparatus. It's basically just a little piece of material that you slip each of your fingers through on one hand. And it connects via Bluetooth to your phone and you can type with it, which is super mega cool. So it's only one hand. So you don't type like QWERTY with it. Instead, each finger represents a vowel and then combinations of fingers make the different letters. Right. Which is really, really cool. It sounds very complex, but they say that it's very simple. You can learn it very quickly and they have an app that teaches you how to use it. Right. And then they also said that a later version of it could potentially just use your wrist which is extra mega future tech it's like how would you do that oh you just wiggle your wrist around and then it types for you and then letters happen yeah (laughs) it seems really cool though yeah it's moving in that direction that's cyberpunk af yeah i mean it's it's so cool to just uh, i have to i have to type a long text or something i just slip this thing on my hand and then i just i make like anime hand gestures right and then you do a jutsu and then letters happen (laughs) yeah i love it i i I thought the the video of it of them using it was super cool it just it's like that's the coolest thing that's ever happened i need it uh it's it showed that it's not going to be that expensive it's like a hundred and something bucks right not terrible i'm I'm very interested in getting it i mean yeah me too i (laughs) I don't think that I much need it because, I mean, I text pretty quickly as is, but I would just want to use it yes. just to use it. I, I am a cyberpunk. <laughs> so let me just get it. The thing is, like, yes, moving to just wrist movement is cool, mm-hmm. but instead just do like mocap with like an RFID chip. Just put a chip in my arm and I'll just do the finger typing. Oh, that but would I'll be cool. just type in the air <laughs> yeah, doing yeah. the same gestures. Right. I'm like doing crazy hand gestures right now. You guys can't see this because it's a recording, an audio <laughs> recording. Right but I'm typing in space. Right. Um, just the exact same gestures mm-hmm. that so that I cool. don't have to relearn it. Right. But it's just, you know, motion capturing with a chip in my wrist. And so I would just type in the air be cool. and then I text. And then I'm just hero protagonist yeah. from Snow Crash. Yeah, you need that. And I get you with my sword. <laughs> yeah. My S word. Yeah. As soon, as soon as they start doing like surgical techniques for technology, that's when you know that it's the future. Yep. So we're getting there. It's pretty neat. But yeah, I definitely want to try this thing out. I, I would love to do like a tech demo of it. Yeah. I'm sure that'll exist somewhere. Yeah. Maybe like have to throw some dollars at the problem. Yeah. But maybe like if you go to like Best Buy, they'll have one to yeah. try out because it, it'd be it'd be a hard technology to sell to like Joe Sixpack right. without letting them try it out yeah, first. Absolutely. Like mutants like us will buy it immediately. Yeah. I'll just I'll just order it on Amazon. Yeah. I don't even give a care. Yeah. I don't need to test it. I yeah, believe in myself. I don't need- <laughs> Yeah, I but I, I definitely want to try it out. So I can't wait till it comes out. I'm pumped up about it. So I'll throw I'll throw money at the problem. But yeah, it's definitely future tech. I like it. Sticking with future tech uh, and actually also kind of staying in the sci-fi vein. Um, this company called uh, Revision. Well, that's the the specific branch of the company that's making this. Um, but they're making a new like suit of armor for special forces uh, mm-hmm. called Talos, and it is just yeah, it's the future. Yeah, it's just a sci-fi book that I read 10 years ago. Yeah. So first and foremost, let's get this out of the way. It augments your strength. 
yeah. which is step one. Let me get it. I don't even care. Yeah. So it has like a little, you know, has some components of it that are like exoskeleton mm-hmm. uh, that actually augment your strength, which is awesome. Yeah. Secondly, it monitors your vital signs. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole bunch of sensors inside the suit that actually, you know, monitor your vitals, showing them to you in your heads up display. But then also they can transmit off to someone else who's like yeah. monitoring you from like completely a, a base or, you know, rad. a safe yeah. spot, a foxhole or something. Yeah. But m- coolest part to me is that it has new like kinetic armor built into it, which is essentially oobleck. Yeah. It's all the, the panels are full of a non-Newtonian fluid. So when you get hit with a bullet or shrapnel, it just slurps the energy out of it. Like you were shooting into a puddle of oobleck, which is so yeah cool. Yeah. Not only is this technology cool and just like from a fanboy perspective right. of like, cyberpunk future yeah peter f hamilton novels becoming real Mm -hmm. but also just keeping soldiers alive yeah like i'm not gonna get into the whole military or like invasion forces etc debate sure but just people that you know go over to other countries and get killed having a better shot of not getting killed is just cool yeah absolutely and and not all soldiers obviously Uh, i mean especially when it first comes out. Right. It's going to cost a foot. So it's being like commissioned by SOCOM, right. Special Operations Command. So they're, it's so obviously in, in the beginning, it's going to be like Navy SEALs. It's going to be like Army Special Forces. It's going to be, you know, names in this vein. It's going to, you know. <laughs> it's just not believable. <laughs> yeah. But of course, as we've brought up before, and with all technology, if this does really well and performs really well, and the cost is only going to go down later on, we could see like a, you know, mass utilization of this like army wide, which would be really cool. And it, it gets, it gets into a lot of the things in like starship troopers, right. Which, which came out a, a billion years ago. It does the same, a lot of the same things that the armor and starship troopers did. Obviously it's not, they had like full power armor, but this is basically power armor right I mean, it's, it's like it's like the step before power armor you know monitoring vital signs that's something that the power armor and starship troopers did augmenting strength both for regular strength and as well as endurance right that's just stuff that the power armor does in starship troopers yeah it's not as big it's not as bulky it doesn't keep you as safe but it's a step in the right direction and it's really cool to see stuff like this and I, I like it. it we were talking about it when we were researching it today it's like i would have read this in a book five or ten years ago right this is just out of a sci-fi book or sci-fi movie from just, I mean, hell Elysium, right? In Elysium, like, you know, they keep using the, the exoskeletons. This yeah. is basically, this is cooler than that. Cause there's just did like strength yeah. and endurance that this, this has, this is also like armor yeah, and you know, monitoring your, your vital signs. Yeah. It also has a, it has a little motor built into it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a little, it's a single shaft and a single rotor, but it can fire at like 10,000 RPMs. And so that's just to recharge. Yeah. So you'll have a battery pack that this will drain over time. And then once you get to like a downtime, you can just fire up this engine and recharge your batteries. <laughs> That's so cool. And it's being developed at MIT, which is, pre- which is pretty rad. Yeah. So, but yeah. honestly, just like look it up just to see how cool it looks. Yeah. Cause also they don't even get into this in the article, but, but the helmet that comes with a helmet, which looks very similar to like what a paintball helmet or like a motocross helmet would look like, but it has four fucking scopes on it. It looks like a real, like a real life version of like Sam Fisher's mask. Yeah. yeah, Like that or like the the ghosts from Starcraft. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yes. (laughs) And that is, that's like more future than the other, the, all of the other future things about it. It's like, can we get into what his helmet's doing right now? Can we please get into that? Yeah. And they don't address it in the article or the video, but I, I need to know what that helmet's doing because it's like the coolest thing alive. 
Oh, it looks awesome. Yeah. The video, the video is awesome. Yeah, it's a really, really well shot, like well produced video. But just the armor itself just looks so badass. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. I know that shouldn't be my number one takeaway from it, but yeah. it totally is. It looks cool. <laughs> yeah, it looks like you're watching like a trailer for the next like Call of Duty. Yeah, it does. Had you had someone just sent this to me, it being around right around E3 like it is, I would have just thought that it was viral a video marketing game. for yeah. like. Black Ops 4. Yeah, I absolutely would have. And that's and that's really cool to me. It's really cool seeing technology grow in leaps and bounds like right. this in our lifetime. It always has been like that. As long as there has been sci-fi, it's always sci-fi has always been at least one step ahead of the curve, you know, and, and things get predicted all the time. And that's just how life works. I'm really curious about how much it actually augments your strength. Yeah, I don't know. Because that, that, that information wasn't available, but right. it does say vastly. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, just having it on your legs for like soldiers that have to march long distances. Just, I feel like that alone would be worth it. Even if it didn't augment your your like lifting capacity. Right. If it can just mar- make you march with less detriment. Yeah. And just, yeah, I, I can I can just march for like 15 hours straight and not care about it. Like I, I, I walked for two hours. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. That's awesome. Have you ever ran before? Have you ever run one time? <laughs> yeah, it's the worst. It is the plan. worst thing that exists. Yeah. Yogging. <laughs> That's a, a soft J. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's cool. I'm excited to see, you know, where else we go with all this cool technology that's just dumping out as yeah. the curve gets shorter and shorter. Yep. Do it. So we're quickly coming up on E3, which is super, super mega exciting for us. Oh, yeah. It's like three, four days from now. Yeah. And it's, it's, we're already seeing cool stuff getting dropped right before E3, which, which is, is <laughs> it's like when your parents let you open your presents, like one present the night before it Christmas. It really is like that. That's, that's how I feel. So it's more like your parents letting you see one of your presents and then open it later because we're, we're, we've gotten, which we're going to talk about Watch Dogs 2 and Horizon Zero Dawn. We've got both the trailers, but mm-hmm. we're going to see yeah. much more about them Hell at yeah. E3. Yeah, so absolutely. it's just like a sample. Yeah. It's like your parents are like, you're getting this G.I. Joe truck, but you can't have it yet. You can have it in three days, but right. you're getting it and it's yeah. cool. Here's a picture of it. Yeah. So yeah. It's jumping, got decals. <laughs> so, so jumping right, right into uh, Watch Dogs. So let's get it out of the way. Watch Dogs 1 flopped very badly and yeah, it was yeah, one of the sure. most disappointing games of all time. Dramatically. Yeah. So, so much so, it was so buggy that I never even got to play it because I purchased it and my PlayStation wouldn't run it. And they just said, ooh. Yeah, sorry. You'd have to get a different disc. Yeah. I, I called Ubisoft and their support told me that it had to be my PlayStation. And I was like, well, it plays every, literally every other game I've ever downloaded or put as a disc into it. And since then, still yeah. has played every single game. Yeah, with no issue ever. But Watch Dogs wouldn't play. And they were like, ah, this is probably not Watch Dogs. We haven't had any issues with yeah, that. Yeah, no, there's, our game has had zero issues so far, <laughs> so we don't know what you're... Yeah, so I never even got to play it. I bought it. I purchased it with real money and never got to play it. So I'm still kind of salty about that, if you couldn't tell. Anyway, that doesn't diminish at all how excited I was to see this Watch Dogs 2 reveal today. It looks, Same. It looks fantastic. Again... I get, I get it. Oh, like yeah. Baited, the first baited one. breath. Yeah, like I get it. Like the first one looked incredible. I remember first seeing the footage for Watch Dogs One and being blown away by it, and thinking that it was it was the future and it was going to be the greatest game of all time. And then it flopped hard, and it didn't really deliver on any of its promises. No one that I know liked it that actually did get to play it, which didn't include me. Still salty. Anyway, uh, but this one, <laughs> this one uh, looks fantastic. And it looks hopefully like they're they've addressed a lot of the issues 
And it looks honestly from the the long video that they they posted today it was like thirteen minutes. Yeah, it looked like they're taking a lot of pages out of GTA Five's book. Yeah, it looked very similar in I don't know in spirit to if Watch Dogs met GTA Five. Right. It looks awesome. It's much more like open world. It looks like than the first one was. Uh, the it's now set in San Francisco. Yeah, it's entirely new new character, new new city, new everything. Yeah. And, and that's really, really cool. And the new character's name is, is Marcus Holloway. And as far as I know, no connection to the original character. Comes out in November 2016. And this is another thing that we've talked about multiple times that's awesome. Is that I love this. Which we, we've known for a while that they're doing this game. You know, Right. But don't good. reveal a bunch of like videos and gameplay and then make the game come out three years later. Yeah, I hate we're, it. We're done with that at this point. Yeah, I absolutely hate it when games do that. And I, I love this new thing. That's happening more and more often. It's becoming very prevalent in video games that the first look that you get of a game happens like three or four months before the game comes out. I think that's really the best way to go. And I like that they did it because I remember Watch Dogs 1, they put out stuff like, what, two years before it came out, something like that. You're going to have two years. Ubisoft is notoriously bad about doing the other way. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm so I'm so happy to see that this game is coming out just in a few months. It looks fantastic. And they they address it in the in the in the video that they you know hopefully are learning from their mistakes but they they addressed that they took the things that really worked and then they're expounding upon them which they were saying a lot of people like the hacking aspect so that's they're going way more into the hacking and they're they're opening up the hacking technology as a gameplay mechanic much more than they did in the first one and right. i really like this idea and then secondly they're going way more into honestly in the kind of the cyberpunk esque the spirit of cyberpunk kind of direction with it in that they're getting much more into the culture of we can just build stuff. Ourselves. Right. Yeah. You know, getting into 3d printing. Yeah. So you're going to be able to 3d print your weapons. Yeah. Which, which is, is so, so cool. cool. Yeah. And then you're going to have like a quadcopter. You're going to have like, like a little RC car that can jump and climb stuff. Yep. And it has like an R2D2 arm and it can, it can like glorm stuff for you. It can also like plug in and, and like, Maybe you can hack with that as well right. in a more direct. Does it have sense. a universal plug like R two D two, or does it just have a spike like RoboCop, <laughs> and you can I, just stab stuff and hack it? I, I don't know. It, it definitely did in the video. It shows like a little arm, and it definitely showed him like doing something to like a circuit board or something with right. it. Uh, maybe like a maybe like a, a security pad or something. Not sure. I'm really pumped about that. It looks rad. The quadcopter seemed rad, and to me, the coolest part that I saw in the whole video was the multiplayer aspect in that it showed that you can just jump into like your bros game and then just party. You can fully just like I connected to Danny's game and then let's just do a mission together. Yep. And you can go in and be hacking and then I'm hacking. You want to do the guns part. I'm going to do the hacking part or, or vice versa or mix and match. You just trade off. Yeah. And, the, and so it's very like uh, Assassin's Creed Unity in that in that way that you can just do missions willy nilly with, with your friends, which right. I, I'm very happy about because I really like that. I really like that as a, as a gameplay feature. And it hasn't been in a lot of stuff that and been done really, really well up until this point. So again, more of a step in the, in the right direction for like GTA five and stuff like that. Also the weapon seems really, really cool. They gave him like a, like a, a billiard ball on a rope, like a yo-yo esque yeah. thing. And you can just bop people with it. Yeah. You can just get them, <laughs> which first and foremost, that's like the meanest thing. Yeah. 
that, that would hurt. Yeah. And that would hurt you in the soul. Yeah. And he's just wailing in dudes with this thing. Yeah. And just smashing dudes directly in the head with it. And it's like, again, they were like, you can do the whole game non-lethally. And it's like, are you counting that billiard ball on a rope as a non-lethal weapon? <laughs> because I feel like you don't know what non-lethal means. Get smacked. Are you a real us. cop in America in 2016? <laughs> That was dark. And then, yeah, so, and then they also, they they didn't yet reveal all of the tech that you can get, but they did reveal that you have some, like, futuristic taser thing. Yeah. Which is really, really neat. Uh, but I'm excited to see what all you get, and I'm sure there'll be, like, DLC with even more gadgets and gizmos aplenty later. So... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really pumped about this game. And they're, oh, they're also the, the free running, the parkour. Yeah, yeah, It's like yeah. the best I've ever seen. Yeah, it looks incredible. Yeah, like even, even like the Assassin's Creed games have done a fantastic job. They pretty much created the genre. Yeah, and somehow this game looked like better than anything that they've done where it, it looked like when you see like the real, real pros doing parkour, it looked like that. Yeah. And because in Assassin's Creed, it's pretty much just climbing things, just climbing. Yeah. But in this, he's like doing like spin moves and yeah. like backflips and like, yeah, doing all the cool stuff, like doing the thing where they like leapfrog over something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get that a little bit in Assassin's Creed, but it's mainly just the climbing stuff. And this was much more, I don't know, to me, much more realistic parkour, which right. is awesome. And it's, it's so cool. I really, really hope that they do well with this game and I really hope they knock it out of the park. Yeah, I agree. I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm I'm really skeptical at this point just because two reasons. Really, Ubisoft as a whole has been known to, you know, build up a game and then release something that is doesn't live up to the hype. Right. And then two, because Watch Dogs One was such a huge disappointment. I don't want to get I don't want to get my hopes up yeah. and then and then be let down. But it does look really, really cool. And hopefully we'll see a little bit more at E3 that kind of, you know, solidifies mm-hmm. that it's not gonna be another Watch Dogs One letdown. And also, you know, hopefully the fact that it's coming out in like four or five months yeah. will give them less time to like pull the, the rug out from under us and be like, oh, we we, t- we turned down the graphics and removed all the cool stuff. Right. But yeah, my number one thing is is really that whole deal about here's this game. It's coming out in four months. Like people need to keep doing that. Yeah. Because again, we wouldn't have had all this issue with No Man's Sky if they right. had not done that. Right. Yeah. We would have never even known that it was delayed. Yeah. Because they would have just been like, oh, it's coming out in, in November or whatever, mm-hmm. in August. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it does just need to become the way like for instance so there's a lot of heavy rumors that we're going to be getting a skyrim remaster on the fallout 4 engine yeah bethesda kind of started the trend Mm -hmm. right they said hey fallout 4 is coming out in like four months also fallout shelter's coming out right now yeah man they could they could really blow some dicks off if they said (laughs) hey skyrim remaster is coming out tomorrow or whatever you know next month right because i I swear to god i'll replay skyrim (laughs) A Skyrim remaster on PS4? I'll play the shit out of that. Right. Say I won't. Yeah. But yeah, so we'll, we'll see. I really, really, really want Watch Dogs 2 to be good. And the trailer had a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. I'm, it, I'm optimistic, but I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to get my hopes up. Yeah, it is. It is Ubisoft. And so I'm hoping that they they do the same thing that they did with with Assassin's Creed. You know, a lot of people had a lot of problems with Unity. We didn't somehow, but a lot of people did. And then the next one, Syndicate, came out, and it was basically flawless. Right. And so I'm hoping that Ubisoft does the exact same thing with this game. Watch Dogs 1 flopped, was terribly buggy, had a lot of issues. And I'm hoping they learn from that, and they just knock this one out of the park, and it's incredible. Yeah. 
If it's everything that they're that they are saying it is from that video that they released today, it might be like a contender for game of the year, which is incredible. Can we get a Ghost Recon release date? Oh, please. Hopefully, hopefully here in a few days. Yeah. That would be really cool. I think the uh the Ubisoft show is going to be really really wild and awesome this year. Yeah. Yeah, they have they have quite a quite a lot of titles to pull from. Plus they they could even like hint at Assassin's Creed stuff. Well, see, that's the thing. I mean, I don't think they can fill up a whole show with just talking about Ghost Recon and right. and um, Watch Dogs. Right. So I feel like we're going to get some Something. announcement, yeah. even yeah. if it's like another Black Flag remaster. Ooh, you know, please. anything. Please. Um, but yeah, so also, you know, coming up with E3 is the other game we want to talk about, which is Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, man. Um, it was revealed last year at E3. Yeah. And... We lost our minds. We lost our fucking minds. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, just... Uh, Two days ago, three days ago, something like that. Uh, I want to say maybe it was on Monday. Yeah. Um, they released a new cinematic trailer for the mm-hmm. game. Um, it looked like it might have had some gameplay, but it, <laughs> yeah. it's getting harder and harder to tell the difference yeah, these yeah. days between a yeah. cinematic and, and gameplay. Yeah. But man, that game looks so fucking oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. One of the biggest things that I took away from it is that you have like a beast, a yeah. riding animal. Yeah. Um, obviously, Zoid. a riding zoid. Yeah, yeah. All the animals <laughs> in the in the game are you know not even really based on real animals. Yeah, mechanized like dinosaur esque. Yeah, but I mean, even then, they're not really yeah. anything that you could you could make a parallel to. Right. Like the T-Rex types don't have arms, mm-hmm. and they have like missile launchers. Right. Um, but you have some sort of a beast of burden that you can ride on uh, while you're firing your arrows, which is off the chain. Oh, my God. Um, and then we got to see a little bit of some story elements for Aloy, which I thought was cool. Yeah. Like her being an outcast for some reason, which we didn't, we don't know, but apparently she's like cursed in the eyes of a lot of the other people. Yeah, because they don't um, know where she came from. We saw some sort of interesting, she has like a Bluetooth headset yeah. that she was originally scared of, but then is rocking later in the trailer as an adult. <laughs> yeah. We saw her discover some sort of a big door that opened up. That scanned her a mystery and, and door. identified her, yeah. Uh, she's the, she's the, the prince who was promised. But honestly, show. probably one of my number one takeaways from it was we saw like seven different biomes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Which at this point, I am really sold on the fact that a game is better if it's a huge open world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty much every time. The, the the more you can explore of a world, the better, I, yeah. I feel. And I have problems where I, like, compulsively explore every nook and cranny before progressing. Right. Like, I'll try and 100%, like, an area of the map before I move on to the next area. Yeah. Which is a problem. Mm-hmm. But, man, yeah, there's literally, like, five or six different biomes in that trailer. Ugh. At least. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to make a projection for me. I feel like this is going to be one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah. If it, if it doesn't have some, like, major flaws, yeah, I agree. I think so. I think it'll be, it just looks incredible. Yeah. I mean, I, I love, I love the trope of, you know, the, it's in the future of earth and all of these things have happened and the people of earth, the remnants of earth don't know that it was just humans all along. I love that trope. Yeah. yeah, It's good. And it's, it pops up every once in a while in sci-fi and I always love it. And that's exactly the premise of this game. It's the remnants of humanity after some point in time, further along technologically than we are now. You know, they have like Zoids and they obviously had some more advanced technology. It showed some tech that she has like on her bow that's definitely more advanced than anything that we have now. And so something happened, some cataclysmic event happened that reduced humans vastly in in population, but also in a lot of ways technologically. And so the remnants of humanity are primitives again, but there's these like crazy, like essentially, (laughs) essentially you know, robots evolved in the same way that animals originally did on earth. Yeah. So they had their own full like animalistic ecosystem, 
with all these different types of like robotic animals that rely yeah. on each other for different parts of survival. Yeah. But then humans now we also hunt them, but not for like meat, but for like energy and like we need these things to like keep warm. We have to get these like power cells, these yeah. power cells and yeah. energy pods. Yeah. We can knock these weapons off of these monsters and then shoot other aliens, other robots with them. Yeah, and I love it. I I love that so much. That kind of whole thing in the game is you just being this huntress, this badass, strong female protagonist huntress that just hunts technology from yep. super advanced Zoid creatures. And I fucking love it. And they really are Zoid-esque. Yeah, they, they, they look incredibly similar to some of the Zoids. And I love that. I, I love Zoids. Loved Zoids as a kid. Still do. Did back then, too. And... <laughs> I I'm I'm so pumped about this game that I just I, I like haven't been able to shut up about it since yeah, we first. Yeah, I'm really I'm excited to see what we get mm-hmm. at E3 about it. But yeah, it was a great trailer. We saw our first human antagonists in this mm-hmm. trailer. Yeah, we saw like two or three different types of like human enemies. So that's cool. I wasn't sure how they were going to handle that if it was just going to be robot animals the whole time. But like, who knows? You know yeah. where this game is going to go? Yeah, because one of them was doing like technomancy. Yeah, he was. And I need that. Where's the DLC where you get that? Maybe it's just in the game. Maybe you just get it. It's possible. Uh-huh. Maybe she is the one. Oh, I, I, I like that would be the only thing in the world that could make that game any cooler is her getting like technomancy I mean, slash some kind of controlling. She can ride on one of them. Yeah. So, so that does indicate yeah. that it, she might have it. Yeah. If she, cause he just fully started commanding them. So if you get that power in the game and it's just Beastmaster Zoids Huntress, the game, I need that. We saw a few new like evil beasts. We mm-hmm. saw like a giant crocodile, yeah, and like uh, some sort of like a maybe like a big cat. Yeah, something like that. It, it was, was a weird wild. looking thing. You they're very hard to stuff. they're very hard to tell what they are, but yeah. something came running. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah. It's gonna be pumped. So. so we'll get new information about that. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, some new gameplay. The first two we've seen two gameplay trailers already, mm-hmm. but they were both very similar. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. pretty much the same scene, yeah. just done in two different ways. Yeah. Really pumped up in general about E3. Can't wait. Yeah, so, man. What are we going to see? Yeah, so next next podcast episode, uh, we're probably going to be talking a lot about E3. Yeah, actually, uh, probably good to mention. We will be going over Game of Thrones and Preacher again, and then the rest of the episode will probably be video games. Yeah. Because we're going to be talking about all the... Because that'll be just after E3 has ended yeah. um, that we record. So we'll, we will have seen all the stuff. Yeah. So we'll be talking about who knows what. Yeah. We'll probably see Red Dead. Oh. The, the, the rumor is really strong that it's going to be a re- remaster of the original and a sequel that we're going to get. Yeah. So we'll be talking about that. They might give us some more information about GTA 6. Oh. We're going to see... Yeah, who all- knows? We, we could see like IPs that we've never even known about before or that are brand new or anything like that. And the best part is... Some of them might just be coming out in like three or four months. Yep. So we'll probably get information about PS4 Slim, PS4.5, yeah, yeah. Xbox One Slim, Xbox One Two, buckle my shoe, yeah. um, all sorts of stuff. I'm man. E3 is always a good time for nerds. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. So yeah, next episode is going to be real heavily video game themed. Yeah. But we'll make it entertaining so that even if you don't care about video games, you'll still want to listen. Absolutely. I, I, I And I think I'm most excited about this E3 more than I've ever been excited about E3 before because I feel like because we're getting the VR stuff and I feel like they're going to throw some VR shit at us. Oh, yeah. That we've never seen before. And they're just going to be like, this new VR thing is coming out and this new VR thing and you get a fucking car. I'm fucking pumped. Yeah. Because last year they had a lot of VR stuff, but most of it was like. 
you can carry this pencil in VR. You right. can you can write your name on a paper. Yeah. Whereas but this, this is going to be. Oh, yeah. Okay. The VR is coming out in just a few months. Here's some shit that we haven't shown you yet that you're going to be able to do with VR. And that, honestly, that I'm more excited about that than like anything else because I'm yeah. so pumped about us getting VR, our own VR headsets. You and I both That's will this have, year. Yeah. Both you and I will have our own VR headsets that we can plug into our consoles in just a few months. And probably play No Man's Sky. Hopefully. Oh, uh, we'll get some new Ghost Recon stuff too. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's really exciting. I, I, I can't wait for that game. That's that's gonna be a really great game, I think. That that new trailer they just released looked incredible. Yeah, it did. I, I really hope that we get a Shadow of Mordor. I would love to get a Shadow oh, of Mordor man. too. That would be so great. That that would that would be like the icing on the cake of that is that else. is a really big rumor that it's happening. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. I would that would, that's just to me, like that game was so incredibly well done. Getting getting a sequel to that and or getting a sequel to the Mad Max game would blow me away. So if you're out there listening, I think that we need a Mad Max 2 with the Nemesis system from, from Shadow, Shadow of Mordor. Mordor. Yeah. Because that, it already was. Yeah. Mad Max already was just Shadow of Mordor apocalypse. Yeah. So let's just get Mad Max 2 with a Nemesis system because it's yeah. it, it's perfect. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of stupid that it wasn't used. Yeah. Because it, it, was, it was just such a missed opportunity. Because yeah. the Mad Max game was fantastic. Yeah. But if you also added in the so cool Nemesis... Honestly, they should just be using the Nemesis system more often in, in all sorts of games. Yeah. Because a ton of games would benefit from that. And I feel like that could be like the Unreal Engine of gameplay mechanics. Like They could, they could just license that out to other games. Yeah. Because you could do it in wildly different ways in the same way that you can use the Unreal Engine in, right. in wildly divergent ways. Well, that's the thing is that Mad Max was the same engine as Shadow right. of Mordor. Right. It was already, they already did it. Yeah. It's the same company. They, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. It didn't make any sense. And all you'd have to change is instead of him having like the power, just have Max like heavy them into it. Yeah. Just all, intimidate all the, them into yeah, it. Yeah. All the villains in the Mad Max series are like cowards and like right. manipulatable anyway right so just have him like put the shotgun to their head and, and then they're like i'm on your team now yeah like yeah it w- that's not a stretch i accept that yeah it, w- it would have taken no effort to incorporate and that. having like the randomly generated like oh i'm blood junk and i'm like the villain that just showed up and i'm totally random yeah yeah it would i'm let's just move on i'm like mad about it i like hate that that wasn't used yeah huge missed opportunity anyway video games are cool very cool so a cool a really cool article came out today that i read about the new aquaman movie that's coming out in two years almost exactly two years and it it actually made me a lot more pumped up about it than i was which i mean i was already pretty excited about it i actually i'll preface this with i love the aquaman character i mean and it's kind of crazy to me that the character isn't a bigger character and he's such like a joke in, in like to comic book it's very fans. like disrespected and like yeah. disliked and it, it doesn't even make any sense anyway so that's that's basically what this article talked about and so the article was talking about the director which is james wan apparently he was offered to get to direct either the flash movie or an aquaman movie right and he chose the aquaman movie right which i feel like the vast majority of directors would absolutely have gone the other way with it yeah they would have taken the easy road yeah, and and Flash is definitely an easier character for film. And I'm so glad that he did this. So, yeah, Flash is it Flash is definitely an easier character to do in film. And I'm so pumped up that this director was like, "No, I want to do this." And his reasoning were really cool. And the first was that he wants to build a world, which in the Flash like you you don't really get to do that because it's it's just basically the same world. Right. 
In Aquaman, you absolutely get to because he has a, a vast hidden kingdom that's just at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. That's really cool, first and foremost. That's awesome that a director actually said that. Like, I want to do world building <laughs> in a superhero movie. Yes, please. Yeah. Let but, me get that. Yeah. But then secondly, it was that, and, and it's kind of what I just touched on, people don't really like the character as much as a lot of the other characters like Superman and Batman. And so they're not so concerned with any changes made to the character. Basically, what he was saying is he can do whatever the fuck he wants to do with the Aquaman character and people aren't going to be up in arms about it nearly as much as they would be with like Superman or Batman right. or Flash. And that's absolutely true. Yeah, I, I think that taking Flash is the easy road, but mm-hmm. I think that taking Aquaman is the smart road. Yeah, it definitely gives you a better chance of standing out. Yeah. And he has so much more freedom, honestly. Yeah. Because I'm going to say Joe Sixpack again. <laughs> Joe Sixpack doesn't know shit about the mythos of Aquaman. That's true. So he can, he has, he can diverge and still make it good. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I think it's going to be awesome. I'm, I, I think I'm fired up about it. Honestly, yeah. it's it's the it's the, the number one DC movie that I'm excited about right now. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Well, no, Suicide well, Squad. <laughs> then yeah, close and it, second, and Aquaman. It, and it's so it's really cool. And I think the casting was awesome because he got he got Cal Drogo. Yep. As as Aquaman, which is which is really cool because that's definitely a huge departure of anything we've ever seen in the comics. Yeah. But I'm totally open to that. Like having like a super buffsman. Yeah, be like an almost like scary looking Aquaman. Is Every right. other version of Aquaman before this has basically been like the whitest guy since white came to white town. <laughs> yeah, like a super Aryan hero number nine. <laughs> <laughs> but Lord, yeah. So we have we have like an almost like like Hawaiian or like Samoan like tribalistic kind of tattooed Aquaman. Right, right, right. Which, which is super cool. The yeah. tattoos look awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I don't yeah. know. I know that was an official, that was official art that was released, uh-huh. but that seems so early. It was before this director was even oh, know, was chosen. Oh, wow. So I don't know how similar in style he'll go to that, but yeah. I mean, it, it suits Jason Momoa, obviously. Absolutely. Um, so I, I would, I would think that changing it would be, you know, a bad choice. Absolutely. Uh, so hopefully we'll, we'll get that. Hopefully that was like a set thing. They were like, you get Aquaman, but you, we want you to do it like this. Yeah. And yeah. Hopefully uh, he wouldn't go away from that because he looked fucking awesome yeah, in that picture. They absolutely released. did. And so, yeah, it's, and I want to, I want to get back to what, what I was talking about before where Aquaman is a rad character and he yeah. always has been a rad character. And then he just gets shit on constantly, even by like, People that don't even fucking read comics yeah. are like a fucking Aquaman. Even in the comics, he gets fucking Aquaman. Yeah. And uh, I love that. At one point, uh, just a few years ago, I was reading a comic where where he actually like addressed it. The writer of the comic was like addressing it in the comic. That That's awesome. Made, yeah. And, and it was really cool. And they're like, oh, he, he ordered fish. He like went to a restaurant and he ordered like a, a dish, that came, like fish and chips. And someone was like, like, you're going to eat that? Like, can't you talk to them? And he was basically just like, well, I don't talk to them. Like they're fish. They don't really think in, in the in the ways that you and I do. Yeah. I just command them. Yeah. Like the, I, I reach into the part of their their brains that responds to like instinct and then I can, I can manipulate that. And it's always really cool. And then in the same issue, they're like, wait, do you have like super strength too? And he's like, yeah, he's stronger than fuck. Yeah. And like, he's super mega strong. He can hold his breath for like hours. He can, he can leap tremendously long distances, very high in the air. He's an incredible combatant. And those were the literal exact words I was going to use. Really? I was going to say, literally, he's an incredible combatant. Those are the That's exact so words I was going to say. That's so funny. Yeah, and, and then on top of that, not only can he command fish, most people don't know, he he just has telepathy. Yep. He can just zap people in the brains and, like, shut them down. And he does that every once in a while. And it's... he. 
he's just he also a, has a trident. Yeah, and sometimes a magic fucking hand. Sometimes just a cool tech hand that can shape shift. But sometimes it's it's just made out of magic water, and it can also shape shift and heal people and like command the oceans. And also sometimes he just has like a harpoon hand. <laughs> yeah, which is also really fucking yeah. cool because that's definitely like a, a non non lethal weapon. Oh it's yeah, one of the. Oh yeah, that's a, that's. That is less than or equal to a pool ball on a fucking <laughs> yeah. rope. Yeah. Well, I hit him with my harpoon. What do you think that did to him? Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> did you hit him in like the toenail? Because otherwise. Did you, did you, helping or hurting? Did, he, did he have a vestigial tail you got rid of? <laughs> yeah. Oh, were they robots? Yeah. Okay. Well, then you probably killed him. Oh, I hit him right in the appendix. <laughs> <laughs> still probably died. Yeah, so I'm really pumped about this movie, and I'm really excited to see what this director does with it. I think it's going to be awesome. I think that Atlantis and and all of the kingdom is going to be rad. That's so important. Yeah, and I and I think I think that they just reading this article it gave me so much more hope for it because that's the part of Aquaman that I want to see. I want to see all of that stuff. Right. I want it to go into like Atlantean culture, and I want it to show their customs and all of that stuff. And how largely divergent their world is from the the topsider world. And yeah, that's what I need to see. It comes out in like two years from now. Like, so. please let me just have Black Manta, <laughs> and it be a mostly underwater movie. That would like, be I, I I get it that the trope to go for is like, oh, or the 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 surface people did something, and so I have to go up and get them. Yeah, but can we just have like all Atlantean? I need that. That's like, what please? I want. That's what I want. Yeah. I, I, I would love for it to be like 90% under the, under the ocean. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. I think I, I'm really pumped about it. I mean, I'm pumped about the flash one too. Like that, that's awesome. I love flash, but with flash, they just, they have to get the rogues right because the rogues are like the coolest part about flash. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I, hopefully they go in that, in that manner. If they just, they're, it's really funny because usually I'm like with superhero movies, I'm like, Oh, you need less villains. And Flash is like the only one I'm not like that in. So I saw someone saying, I don't remember who it was, and this was a while back. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was when I think the first Suicide Squad trailer came out. Okay. They were like, ooh, Captain Boomerang is going to be the first to die. I'm calling it now. But actually just let him stay alive so he can be in the Flash movie. Yeah. Because it's the same universe. Yeah, yeah. So let him, because Captain Boomerang is fucking dope. Yeah, that would be dope. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to say is usually I'm like, you need less villains in a superhero movie because a lot of times they go they but go not more. in the flash absolutely not in the flash to, to have the real to really nail down the the flash as a character you absolutely have to have the rogues because he has the coolest villains of yeah. any superhero ever the flash has by far the coolest assortment of, of villains because you have to if the guy can move like as fast as light so you can't really fuck with him like one on one yeah like, you got to have no like one. an ice man and like a laser man and like a mirror man i'm just uh, i'm just saying types of men and coincidentally <laughs> they are also like a, the like a heat man yeah you need a storm man somebody who can trick <laughs> yeah. um they're all cool you need a flute man yeah can we get like a gorilla grod oh just wouldn't that be off the chain that would be off the chain diverting from the topic a little bit but yeah the flash has the best villains and i'm gonna need to see at least like four of them yeah in in the movie i just just throw a fucking like girder in there i don't care just ultimately though what we're trying to say is we hope the aquaman movie's good <laughs> yeah absolutely oh man we should like change the name of our podcast to just like terminal tangents <laughs> anyhow uh, so one more thing we're going to talk about since we don't have Kickstarter anymore. Let's finish it up by talking about Pac-Rim 2. Yeah. So John Boyega 
formerly of Attack the Block fame, now of Star Wars fame. Yeah. Uh, he was Finn. He got cast as the lead in Pacific Rim 2, yeah. which is exciting on multiple levels. Level one being Pacific Rim 2 is happening. Yeah. <laughs> it has been in like development hell for like a couple of years now, which and it's been stressing crazy. me out because yeah. it was on again, off again. Like, it's happening. It's not happening. It's happening. It's not happening. And um, Guillermo has been like adamant that it was, that he would do anything to make it happen. And it seems like that he is. He, yeah. It seems like he succeeded. But yeah, so they officially announced this is the first casting news we've had. This is the first news we've had other than a nebulous it's happening. Right. Um, but John Boyega is the main character and he is playing Stacker Pentecost's son who was Idris Elba's character in the first movie. Yeah. Nothing else has been revealed about the movie. Obviously it'll be written and directed by Guillermo, but mm-hmm. I'm fired up. Absolutely. I, there are two very distinct sides, you know, people who hated Pacific Rim and people who loved it. I get shit sometimes for saying that I love that movie, which is weird to me, but the uh, movie is fantastic. I, fucking loved it yeah i love anything with giant monsters mm-hmm. and i love anything with giant robots yeah but throw them together you give me a smash up oh, yeah. and i'm good to go yeah i loved pacific room yeah me too. I, I actually saw it twice in theaters yep and it, it, it was a fantastic movie the visuals were awesome the storyline was awesome i mean the acting was was pretty good i i get it like there were there were a couple like weird choices that they made and there was some weird dialogue but overall the movie was fantastic. Yeah. And I, it's the soundtrack. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's so weird to me that this movie had so much difficulty being, being even like kind of made. Right. That's so weird to me. Like why this movie? Why, why? Well, the thing about it is, is it, it's success was kind of strange for Hollywood. So it did not do well in America. Right. It basically bombed, but it was incredibly successful in Asian markets. Right. Like it made more than all of its money back just in Asian markets. Right. So, I don't remember who originally owned the movie, but they sold the rights off to an actual Asian production oh, company. Okay. Um, so it's probably going to be, that's probably the plan. Okay. Is market it Mainly. equally, oh, um, okay. equally to, you know, us and Asian markets. Okay. Uh, and, and probably make a fuck ton of money. Yeah. I think it's going to be awesome. I think that if they, if they deliberately market that way mm-hmm. for the second one, I think it'll make a shit ton more money than the first one did. Yeah. That'd be awesome. That'd be really cool. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see this movie. And I think it's a great cast. Yeah, he's great. And he's fucking blowing up right now. Yeah, he Like, is. blowing up. Yeah, he's one of those guys that just... He called a Star War, and he just he just yeah. launched into... into I don't know Star if they've officially announced his Black Panther character, but there is a rumor that he's in, in talks for being in Black Panther. Which is really cool Which, as well. if you get to be in Star Wars and Marvel and in Pacific Rim 2, like, you're, you're my best friend. Yeah, that's you're my awesome. my favorite person. Yeah. So we don't know anything else about Pacific Rim 2. We don't know if they're going to bring back any other characters. Spoiler alert, Stacker died in the first one, but maybe they could bring him back, like even in flashbacks. Yeah. Like, honestly, just give me one flashback scene with like John Boyega and Idris Elba acting together because I'll just die right then. Yeah. I'll just instantly pass away. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm so excited. Hopefully it's not like four years away. Yeah. Hopefully not, but I, yeah, I'm real pumped up about it. I can't wait to see what kind of max they throw at oh, us yeah. this time. They're oh. going to have to totally just yeah. blow our minds with like new, yeah. new kaiju and new max, which I mean, every one of the, of the max that they had in the first one were so wildly divergent from one another that I feel like they, that's not going to be a problem. I really liked that, that they were all oh, yeah. sort of like individually like built by these crews yeah. and they were a hundred percent different from one another. Yeah, absolutely. Had different weaponry and yeah. different aesthetics. Yeah. Can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Cool. There we go. No yeah. more Kickstarter, so we're done. Yeah. Episode seven. We did it. <laughs> we made it. That's it. We can quit now. Awesome. See y'all next week. E3.
Tests are complete. Program terminated.